Welcome to the Theatre of Others podcast. My name is Adam Markle, and I'm the co-artistic director of the Theatre of Others. With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing a shutdown and re-evaluation of space and gathering, we at the Theatre of Others are thinking about what stories we need and how best we can share them. This podcast is called The Knee Conversation. These are the conversations that stray away from the topics that the Theatre of Others podcast focuses on. Inspired by the work of Robert Wilson and the structure of Einstein on the Beach, there are the key scenes, or, in our case, the key topics, and in between those scenes are what he called the knee plays. These knee conversations are the mortar of the brick that makes up the theatre of others. On the podcast today, joining from Melbourne, Australia, are Booty Miller, co-artistic director of the theatre of others, and myself in Puebla, Mexico. The Theatre of Others creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purpose of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary, and they are witness to what happens. And we would love to hear from you. To join in this conversation, go to speakpipe.com backslash theaterofothers. Again, that's speakpipe.com backslash theaterofothers, theater with an R-E, theater of others, all one word, where you can argue with us. Criticize us, correct us if need be, and be in dialogue with us. This is not a conversation that's a one-way street. We are hoping to hear back from you. We are the theater of others, and you are an other too. This episode of the Theater of Others podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Adam. Hey, Booty. <laughs> How you going? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. We got so many questions. That's that's great. It's great to have so many questions that we have to do an extra podcast just to spend time answering, responding back, hearing uh, our our listeners' thoughts. It's fantastic to finally be able to do another one of these, but to actually have enough to to justify doing it. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really great. It's so cool. You all want to be a part of the conversation. That's, That's all awesome. we've been asking for. Yeah, we're so glad you're going to be part of the conversation. You are an other too. It's not just us. That's the whole point. Wonderful. So let's 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 get to it. So who's yeah. who's first up? So the first one is uh, somebody that you know very well. This is uh, your current student, right? Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian Fendal. Yes. So he's calling from. <laughs> he's uh, he's responding in from Melbourne, and uh, he's responding back to, I think, our very first podcast about the audience and uh, oh. the audience's experience. So let's listen to that now and see what we have to have to respond back to him with. Great. Hi, Adam. Hi, Buddy. My name's Sebastian. I'm one of Buddy's current students. Uh, I'm really loving the podcast so far, and I wanted to tell you about an experience I had as an audience member a couple of years ago. I was seeing 1984 at Sydney Theatre Company, and there was a moment towards the end when Winston had the rat trap pressed against his stomach, and the rats were burrowing in. And he looked up, and he began calling out to the audience, asking for help, and asking us to alleviate his torture. And I remember really strongly an urge that I had to stand up and to call out to the actors to like get them to stop and the rest of the audience felt it too this real urge to like just stop the entire play but no one stood up even though every single person wanted to and the use of the mechanisms of like theater and theater expectations and audience expectations to not do anything and to be passive held us back in our space and i thought it was incredible that they were able to create that feeling within us and then further use that to 
uh, further the meaning of the play to us. Like I feel like I really understand. I feel like I gained a great understanding of sort of, I guess, the collective limitations that are placed on individuals within um, like totalitarianism uh, environments and also within greater society. So I suppose it swings both ways in the way that practitioners can use it. Um, thanks for listening. Wow, Sebastian. That's, that was actually, that, I love that. I absolutely love that um, feedback and uh, revelation for yourself. Mm. Um, and it, 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 Adam, that actually makes me think of what we were talking about before with um, uh, disto- uh, dissocia about mm. like the, the, the the making the audience complicit in mm-hmm. in what's happening yeah. and are you going to stand up and are you going to do what are you going to do about it and and, and yes sebastian you're right that that's that's exactly what we're talking about of knowing your audience yeah. what and taking care of your audience and what are you looking to get out of your audience to get them agitated and i think as and, he, and Sebastian's a maker. He's in a, and a fantastic actor, um, and he's and he's in his first year, so he's he's in he's on the path. He's on the to path. making brilliant theater. That's good. He's on the path, baby. He's on the path. He's 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 taken he's taken the sauce. He's on the sauce. He's mm. drank the juice, and he's gone through the right door. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sebastian, I think I think keep thinking in this way because. Um, it's not always so easily spelled out. And you're right. There are some theater experiences that have negative responses that can give epic learning for you as a maker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listening to that, it, it reminded me of the last play that I did in New York before I moved to Singapore, um, which, Booty, you got to see, right? You were there that summer. Um, Henry VI, Part mm. Three, my yeah. my thesis. And um and it was something that I yep. was I was just starting to play around with this idea of the audience and the culpability. And, uh, you know, I had not come across the word martyros from from Tolis and the witness idea of what the what the audience was. So I was, I was just testing these things out. And um, spoiler alert for the end of this play here, um, but it has <laughs> been out for 500 years now, so get over it. Um, <laughs> King Henry VI dies. He is murdered by uh, the future Richard III. And... Mm. I had the the actor playing Henry uh, die and fall down on stage, and uh, you know, in a beautiful spectacle. I had you know, kind of the the heavens rain blood down on him. But there's a whole other scene that happens after that death, and I just kept that actor on stage dead. King Henry is dead, and the, the heavens are raining on him. And then you know, King Hen- King Edward is uh, the new King Edward is. Is, is happy and joyful and everything is great and the play is over with and everybody comes out for their curtain call and I decided to keep the actor who's playing King Henry still laying on the ground still being rained blood uh, everybody takes a curtain call everybody takes a bow and they walk off the stage and the actor still stays there and the audience they didn't know what to make of it. They were, they were waiting for the actor to stand up, but the actor had already, you know, I had, I had talked with the actor before and the actor had already said, no, no, I can't, I can't get up until the audience leaves. King Henry is dead. We need to, we need to make them understand that death is, is real, that, that, that mm. King Henry is dead. He's not getting up. This isn't, you know, this is not a, this is not a, a fantasy. King Henry actually was murdered. He, he's, he's dead. And people were really disturbed. They really enjoyed the play, but by the end, they, they, they could not get up. And we had to have the stage managers and the ushers usher them out. And, <laughs> and then the actor could get up and wipe himself off. And it was, it was kind of my first taste of going, 
ah, okay, this is what culpability means for the audience to really drive that point home. And it can be used positively and negatively. So I I understand what you're talking about with the 1984 of of that dystopian future of going, should I, shouldn't I, can I, can't I? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And and I love those kind of questions that the director made you have. Like, should I, shouldn't I, should I, should I? You know, and I think that's really where the world is right now. All these people standing on, just on the line. No one's crossing the line. Mm. Yeah. So thanks for that, Sebastian. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for that. That was a really great uh, feedback. Love you. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Uh, so next we've got a returning customer. And um, oh, this returning customer has two questions, uh, two questions this time. <laughs> we, we have a real fan. Um, so, <laughs> so folks out there, you have, you have heard before uh, the voice of uh, Jun Ventio in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Jun. And uh, he's got he's got two separate uh, questions for us. So we'll divide them into two, and uh, we'll answer we'll answer them individually. So uh, let's listen to the first one. All righty. Hello, Adam and Buri. Uh, it's June again. Uh, I have a question for you. I'm really interested in um, teaching and pedagogy. So my question is, uh, in your experience, I'd love to hear um, what are common challenges and or opportunities um, that you look for when working with students and how do you usually um, approach those? Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, June. Okay. Look, I, I think you need to trust your body in the space because your intuition will tell you everything. If you trust your body, your intuition will come, in, will come into play. So you know exactly what you want to see in your students as a result of their their sense of awareness, but you need to create activate your own sense of awareness in the in the space as well. And I guarantee those little those little like I wonder if I should say say it. I wonder if I should say it. Yeah, the key is you don't want to be in a situation where you are where you're trying to. Because as you know, June, where the soccer mom in you comes out, where you can see the the student's potential, but they may not be ready to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. So the the, so the way that you do that is you do subtle suggestions to see if they're willing to go in that direction, and then if they're willing to go in that direction, then you can start going for the big stuff. But essentially, you want to you want them to show you where they are in their imagination. And as you do that, you begin to form a relationship and trust that where they are is exactly where they need to be. And when that happens, you'll be able to engage the, the, the practice that you're looking to, to um, get them to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, the same thing of, of um, not, not focusing on not focusing on the person that you want them to be, but allowing the space for them to grow into the person that they're supposed to be. Um, kind of getting rid of that that mm. idea of they need to they need to be this versus they need to learn this. There's a very different thing, you know. It's that it's that thing of of saying, um, you know, 
we we as we as we as theater people uh, as an actor um, we are the painter and the painting you know an actual fine art students can step away from their painting and look at that and say oh I can see and you they can get critiques but an actor when they're thinking about their work they're thinking about themselves so so when you're working with a with a student actor uh, you're working with anybody a student in the theater is saying uh, I I don't I'm going to get rid of my get rid of my idea, the teacher's idea of what the student should be, versus allowing them the space to grow with the tools and the training that I can provide and I can offer them. Um, it's just like I say with my when I'm in my uh, directing, I'm I'm providing a space, I'm creating a, a place for you to step up, for you to inhabit the the, the shoes and the training and things like that. So, um, but Booty's absolutely right. I mean, obviously he's a he's a trainer. I'm not. Uh, uh, but I think I think that's the ch- I think that's the challenge all the time is is not imposing my idea of who I think they should be of just allowing them to grow and 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 they may not be ready you know as Booty has said before they may not be ready for my training they may not be ready for yeah. this training or, or this style or this whatever but um, when they are I can be here as a mentor as a coach as a guide as a friend. And I think the the biggest thing for you, June, is for you to accept that you are enough. Yeah. Because when you are in a space and you know that you're enough to be able to provide what your students need, they will understand that they're enough. Yeah. We're pack animals. We learn learn from uh, example and behavior. So your energetic your energetic sense of self in the space translates way more than anything you could say or or hand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. So, good question. So yeah. let's let's get to his second question. This is perfect. So um, we'll play. Oh, the second he's got question. another one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is okay. which is only to you. He's only talking to you here, but uh, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> I, I take no offense. <laughs> Oh, Adam's hurt. Not at all. No, 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 no. He's, he, wants, he's, he, has a, he has a question, a clarification of something you said okay. uh, in oh, okay. our, our knee conversation. So, uh, oh, let's... oh, God. What did I say? <laughs> okay, let's listen. Hello, Buddy. I have a question for you. This is June. Uh, I'd like you to explain care so much that you don't give a fuck. Um, I'm trying to puzzle it out myself because usually I care so much that it just uh, is too much and I stop caring, but it might be, I don't know if that's <laughs> what you mean. And I don't know if that actually works for me, um, what I explained. So I'd, li- I'd love you, I'd love for you to, to elaborate, um, especially, you know, physically where that lies and how that helps. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, like language and feeling when, uh, uh, when I, when I'm feeling something and I'm, and I'm adding the language to it, it may not be what you're feeling or translating in your brain. So uh, this is a really great question because I'm sure others have the same question about care so much that you don't give a fuck. And that's a, that's a direct quote from Christopher Bayes, um, my clown teacher, and many other great teachers and uh, actors uh, teacher. Um, when Christopher Bayes talks about care so much that you don't give a fuck, what happens in the work, as you know from, from your clown training, is that we might go up and give our second best because we're afraid that our, our best is not good enough. 
So care so much that your best work is good enough and that you don't give a fuck how it's going to be received because that's your sense of truth. So care so much about your sense of truth that you don't care about what's going to be the ramification. Because if it's, if it's centered in truth, there's going to be an opening, an awakening. And it may be very uncomfortable for you and everyone else involved. And that's, and I'm, and I'm directly speaking to the work. Because, uh, you know, there's, like, I think it, it became an existential question for you about how you care about your, you know, your politics. And, and, and that does, that does tr- uh, uh, seep into our work as artists. But I'm, I was essentially talking about training. And and when I say care so much that you don't give a fuck, it's to, it's to teach students that those little muscular holds that pull them back going, oh, I don't know if I should. If, when you hear the, oh, I don't know if I should, you should. Care that much about it. That you don't care what the result's going to be. Because the, what ends up, and I'm, I'm speaking for, for training artists. You need to, mm. if you're an artist, this is something, this is something that we're constantly dealing with. Should I, should I, should I? Yes, you should. If you, if you have enough energy to say, should I, you have enough power to should and do it. Mm. So caring so much that you don't give a fuck is caring so much about the, your particular perspective that where you are in your work that you want to share it with the class, the audience, the teacher. And, and then we see what happens. We see where, we see where it lands. Is that clear, Adam? Yeah, no, I'm really glad that June asked this question because I was a little confused about it as well. But now I know exactly <laughs> what you, now I know exactly. I go, oh, okay. Because I was, I, I went straight to my politic as well. I went straight to my um, uh, care so much that I don't, that I, who cares, whatever, and, and give up on it <laughs> versus care so much that you don't flinch. And it, it reminds me of, you know, um, Mm. training training to take sh- cold showers right if you mm. nobody wants mm-hmm. to take a cold shower but it, you it, it's it's not it's not the cold shower benefit is not actually much anything psych, you know f- physiological it's psychological it's getting over the flinch and getting over mm. that moment of going i don't know instead it, it, you've already jumped you've already jumped and said you don't have time to go that i don't know so now i completely understand what you're talking about and i'm glad june asked that question and uh and june we also got your Mm. your your lovely compliments back to us we thank you for for what you say um thanks june yeah we really appreciate that 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 means a lot to us um we have our first email somebody actually sent us an email so um, how old are they (laughs) well i don't think this person wants us to tell how old she is but uh um but no this is from uh sara caputo uh And so she says, hey, Booty and Adam, I am loving your podcast 1,000 times over. It is the biggest compliment for the work I am creating and where I am in my development. Thank you. I'm going to respond to your question, Adam, with regards to what are people doing right now to train the actor's body with the current limitations we have. I think it has been the perfect time to go back to the basics, strength, conditioning, and technique. Preparing my body for the next phase, and when do we have the luxury so much time to do it? I actually Mm. can't believe how much I have enjoyed getting back to the bar, and by bar, I literally mean my kitchen countertop, and doing some good (laughs) old-fashioned ballet classes, going back to the original form. Keep up the amazing work, team. Much love. Yeah. 
Sarah, we love you. And look, because we were, the two American boys were so American when we when we gave you a shout out the last time, we were mispronouncing your name as Sarah. You're not a Sarah, you're a Sarah. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. Everyone, her name is Sarah Caputo. Sarah, Sarah Caputo. My sister's name is Sarah, <laughs> so I'm used to saying Sarah. My apologies, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, yeah. And we and we were just spinning on having our little our little uh, little uh, uh, vamp, but it was like I, I know her name. Why am I mispronouncing? <laughs> it's two American boys. Sorry, Sarah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Sarah. But like, look, I y'all y'all, and she is an incredible dancer. And to hear her that she's doing strength conditioning and getting ready for the next round of what she's going to be doing, look out because she's serious, you know. And and that's that's the thing is like, you know, if you're an artist, you're an artist. You know, you're an artist in a pandemic and you're an artist out of a pandemic. You're an artist in isolation. You're an artist artist out of isolation. And look, and look, I I get it because I had a rehearsal yesterday with Adam and I, the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, ah, I really feel for my students. This is hard. This is hard. (laughs) Making, making performance space out of your home is hard. But if it's, if it was easy, why do it? Yeah. If it was easy, why do it? The fact that it was hard and I had to figure out how to make it to manage it and, f- and work around it opened up a whole nother entrance into what was happening with the character and, and the actual worlds that we were creating for the character and the mise-en-scene of our play. So, look, just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's wor- not worthwhile. And, and 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 what I also often say with the Balinese, because the stuff that they, they do is just incredible and it's all really hard to do. And I, I would always say to my students, like, nothing in Bali is easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I keep it up. And th- th- I think that's really great advice for our listeners, Sarah. Um, and, yeah, get on get on that countertop, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I, uh, I mean, obviously we want to be making, we want to be, we want to feel the idea of creating. But I think this time to actually slow down and go back to the basics, as Sarah said, just strength conditioning, technique, it's only going to make you stronger on the other side of it, right? If we stop thinking of this thing of like, oh, I don't get to uh, use my knife versus I'm using the time to sharpen my knife. This is, we're just sharpening the knife. And once Mm. it's ready, we'll have a really sharp knife. We'll have a really, really sharp knife because you'll have spent a year just (laughs) focusing on the thing that we, we usually kind of get rid of, especially as we get older. We stop thinking about technique we stop thinking about discipline we start thinking we stop thinking about the the basics the foundational stuff because we're we're busy we're so busy doing stuff but now that we're not busy yeah. it's time for us to kind of reevaluate and go yeah you know what it's been a long time it's been a long time since i have done viewpoints me personally and it's the perfect mm. opportunity for me now to get back and do viewpoints myself instead of just teaching it instead of just using it mm. and it's also an incredibly difficult time for me to to do viewpoints because I'm doing it online. I'm you know yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to teach it online. I'm trying to learn it. You know I'm trying to be in a class online taking it, and it's it's making me reevaluate how I am as a teacher as well. So I think it's I think she's absolutely right. Go back to the basics, start over again, baby steps, mm. and and uh, yeah, and we'll be we'll be ready for it on the other end of this. And take it from a woman who knows. Take it from a woman who won't know. When I when I when I tell y'all, Sarah is amazing. We're talking about an, a white Australian woman 
who went to Bali, and the Balinese said that she was such a brilliant dancer that she had to dance in ceremony at a very important ceremony that only happens 150 years, every 150 years. And she was one of the lead uh, um, uh, ladies-in-waiting for for one of the hardest uh, Balinese dances called the Gambu, which is the oldest ancient court dance of Bali. Sara is badass, y'all. Listen to her. <laughs> All right, so uh, to, to, to end this, we've got a text message that uh, we're allowed to read on air. Um, so this is from uh, Sally Clark, who is <laughs> a really great friend of the theater company, uh, producer of Hamlet, uh, <laughs> really great friend. Um, uh, you will maybe know that uh, the music we played by Jesse Husk a couple of episodes yeah. ago. Um uh, Neon City was also produced by by Sally, so she's amazing. So here is her text message. I think great directors have to be psychologists and most likely anthropologists too. Not sure that empathy matters that much. Great drama is all about how emotionally the characters work with the protagonists. And a great director needs to understand how those emotional interplays work. Um, yeah, Sally, you're not wrong. No, you're, not you're, at all. You're right. Um, but I do think that empathy plays a great deal uh, into it. Yeah. I think that um, to have everything to be able to work in the room, empathy is the starting point. Mm-hmm. Yes, you got to be an, a psychologist. Yes, you got to be an anthropologist. But empathy is where you begin. Um, and, you know, even as you said, to to understand the um, the emotional uh, – how emotionally the characters work with the protagonist – that's empathy. That's where it is. So uh, you're not wrong at all. Um, but, you know, when Booty pressed me for what makes a what makes a great director, what does a great director need? The very first thing, the only, if I only have one choice, it is empathy. Um, there's been so many times that I've been in a room with an actor who is struggling with something, either, you know, the psychology of the character, the, the emotions that are being drawn up, uh, the frustration of not being able to do something. And um, it, it, my job as a director is to know, do I push? Do I move on? <laughs> do I push them through this moment? Do I know that they can do more and they're holding back and they just need a nudge? Or is it too much for them? Is now... Uh, a time to move on and do something else, and you know you gotta you gotta be aware of the entire room. What's happening in the entire room is does it need to uh, to breathe? Does it need some space? Does the actor need time? Does you know will will tomorrow's rehearsal be a better rehearsal for them? Do you just move on? You know. Well, it just makes me think about. It makes me think of like when you talk about students' work versus the great directors, because when you're talking about empathy, I think you're right. The great directors do have that that empathy inside of the inside of their work because we wouldn't be able to to feel what's going on because the director just has put something up on the stage for us to figure it out and i think that's one of the things challenges that student directors have like when you were saying that like they 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 love to do the dramaturgy but then the, the thing that scares them is actually getting in the room yeah, with real exactly. people the empathy that happens with dealing yeah. with real people and figuring out how to direct real people and deal with the psychologies of real people and that is pure empathy right there i mean you you may understand it intellectually understand um 
what people are going through, but to actually be in the room with them. You know, my job as a director is to to kind of be ground control mm. and they're in space. You know, they, I, I have to basically say, try that to the left, try that to the, to the right. But if I can actually be in mm. the shoes a little bit with the characters and with the actors as well, I, yeah. I, can, I can help that out. I can help that process out. And like I said before, sometimes... Uh, sometimes you push, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just got to let go. Sometimes you just got to have to say, all right, that's not happening today. Sometimes you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. That's the saying. Goes. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Know when to walk exactly. away and know when to run. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, Sally, thank for that for that question. We we love yeah, that. Um, agreed. Thanks, Sally. We love that you're uh, you're listening from afar <laughs> and are still supporting us even to this day on the other side of the planet. Um, so. Look, folks, uh, we appreciate your your messages. We appreciate uh, your listening and your responding back to our provocations and our questions. And we want more. We need more of these things. We really we really love that we can do these Q and A episodes. Um, you can send those questions if you want to do a voice message. Uh, send those to speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. Again, speakpipe dot com backslash theater of others. Um, you can also send us an email at podcast at theaterofothers.com. Hell, we'll take a message from uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, whatever it takes to get these, these please uh, write, from please. you, we'll take it. Uh, but, uh, you know, just send something, please, please, please. We, we love to hear from, we hear, we love to hear back from you. We, we can see the subscribers, we can see the listens, we can see where you are in the world uh, listening from, but we actually want to hear from you <laughs> and subscribe. Yeah, and subscribe. subscribe, subscribe, as Booty will, 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 will always say. Um, That's it. Yeah. It's good to see you, Adam. It's always great to see you too, Booty. I'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us this week on the Theater Brothers Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, theaterbrothers.org, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out, too. A special thank you to Purple Planet for the music you've heard. The Theater Brothers creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purposes of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary, and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along, to ponder, prod, and question. To join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task and requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? Be sure to tune in next week for our next journey.